0: everyone here we are with the year-end 2023 necromaniacs podcast extravaganza you got all three of us on the line today myself of course mike Scandato, and jeff casheed all together for our top 666 horror movies of 2023 how's it going gentlemen
1: it's going good yeah. um yeah you know I, i'm gonna say something uh I'm gonna walk back some of my my 2023 bashing comments because ultimately, when when you put them on paper, while okay, not as great or plentiful with the bangers as 2022, still pretty good. So I've spent literally almost the whole almost the whole year or three three quarters of the year bashing the year, but ultimately, yeah, there was a it, it took a little bit of finessing to put it to, to six. So yeah.
0: I, I gotta be honest, like uh, so I, I agree with you, uh, 2023 was not as stellar as 2022, however, there's some real, really excellent films on my list, especially uh, I would say the first, the top, the top tier of my six, the top half are movies that regardless of
2: what year they came out would probably end up on this list. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. Um 2023 kind of started off as a rough year for horror. And then one of the best horror movies ever made came out this year. Uh, I think we'll all be talking about it very shortly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, let's first, uh, let's get through our, um, you know, our basics here. I'm going to shout out the other horsemen. Uh, starting the week off on Mondays, we have Brandon Legion, who brings us Horror Wolf 666. And right now, though, there is a huge opening on Tuesdays in a normal year. Normal normal month of the year we would get on Tuesday we get Jackie Smiths into the necrosphere but he's uh he's on holiday as they say
1: over there on holiday <laughs> yes that's how they would say
0: it exactly yeah Wednesday of course uh, I bring you everything went black which is a uh, you know sort of variety of different topics and of course Thursdays is Necro Thursday which is today and uh, Necromaniacs comes at you with uh. E- Some combination of the three of us delivering uh, our opinions and reflections on old and new horror movies. So that brings us to the end of the week, Mike. So who do we got?
1: We got Spitball Media with uh, my very own flesh and blood, John Draper, uh, where they also discuss film, but they discuss television, pop culture, things of that nature. Uh, they have a best of, you know, year in review episode coming down to Pike Two, which I think is next week. So unless it's already out. So check that out as well. Spitball Media every Friday.
0: Saturday's a day off. Um, go out, enjoy yourself, you know, do some last minute Christmas shopping. Cause when this episode drops, we only have like a few days before Christmas hits, you know, if you're if you're into that. Um, Sunday, of course, Carl Heikawa brings you Soul Knox, which is um, a show dedicated to darkness, the esoteric, anything in that of that nature. And uh, Carl and I are doing a collaborative uh, podcast called Darkness Weaves, where we trade off every month. And we talk about the work of Carl Edward Wagner, a uh, author who just really more people should read. And a lot of his uh, work is out of print right now, except for Kindle. With the exception of in a in a lonely place, which uh, the fine people at Valancourt Books have uh, published, republished that, so that's available in um, you know in paperback and hardcover. And uh, we have uh, our newest member Cheyenne out there with it running on his own schedule, and he brings us Iblis manifestations. So that's it, man. In a war against mediocrity, we are uh, we're up in the ante, as they say.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. Check, check out our, our brothers in arms uh, and hit those subscribe buttons. And uh, we thank them for their support of us. And we thank you for our support of us as well, of course, listeners.
0: Now, uh, before we get into the episode, is there anything notable that you guys have checked out recently that may or may not have made it on your list?
2: Uh, no. <laughs> well,
1: actually, actually, yes, but I'm going to save it for for the honorable mention you know um because i have my six and I, and I have an honorable mention or two for sure yeah but, uh, i've I've done just a bunch of catch-up you know uh, yeah for 2023 horror really that's kind of what i've been doing and uh it, it's been fun doing that actually i have um, um I'm sorry go ahead jeff oh no I
2: was, I was just gonna say i don't have anything horror related i've uh uh, if anyone follows me on Instagram, there's been a, a few tragedies in my life, and uh, I've been trying to. No, oh, I haven't really been in the mood for horror the last couple of weeks, so I've been trying to sort of just watch something, I, I guess, a little more lighthearted. And it's worth noting that I checked out the new Indiana Jones movie. Did you guys see this?
1: Oh no, I'd like. Oh, to I haven't seen it. it. Hmm.
2: Well, it sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so don't bother,
1: Jeff. Uh, so the. Tragedies aside, it has not dampened your your spirit, as they say. No, spirit. it hasn't.
2: No, no. You know, hey, I wanted to like it. Indiana Jones. Uh, you know, guys our age, we grew up with that character. We grew up with those movies. Sure. Uh, I had read some not so kind things about it, but you know, I thought I'd give it a shot. You know, just something lighthearted. And man, like thirty minutes in, I wanted to fucking blow my brains out. <laughs> it's just wow. bored out of my mind. Hated it. What a disappointing way to end uh, an iconic character. Mm. That's that's really sad, man.
1: It, it's yeah. funny, I, I watch uh, Bill Maher on, on HBO every week, right? And he had comedian Ray Romano on. Wow. And Bill gave him props for doing something that a lot of people are not doing, which is leaving your legacy alone. Because uh, every, Everybody everybody Loves Raymond was one of the biggest TV shows of the last 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And the network has begged, pleaded, you name it, for that guy to come back and, and redo it and relaunch it and blah, blah, blah. And he has steadfastly said, no, it's never happening. I want to leave that show alone. That show is very special. And there's something to be said for leaving shit alone, guys. Would you agree?
2: a hundred and ten percent and uh you know bill maher has a podcast hmm. I, I i would uh i would like to uh invite him to join the uh, horseman <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> yes, it, it's a great podcast i mean i you know i i've been a fan for a while but that was such a great takeaway i was like you know what so many people are just not doing that and they're they're you know what i'm saying and it's like to see someone say no is just refreshing
2: yeah, a hundred percent agree. Bill Maher occasionally makes some good points. I used to be a big fan as well. He's lost me a little bit uh lately, but uh you know, I still tune in. Yeah. So you're saying his podcast is good?
1: Yes. Uh, Mike uh, is saying that. I'm not. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, Okay. Well, the thing is this, it's it's very guest driven. He has some interesting guests on it, you know, actors, comedians, like yeah, Kenny G on. Like he'll have like just this kind of weird. <laughs> mix of guests on which make it interesting so yeah the podcast is definitely uh a, a little different animal from the tv show so yeah
0: yeah i 100 percent agree with people gotta leave their legacy alone and that that extends out to the discussion we had last week about bands reuniting, hmm. dragging their name through the mud
2: and embarrassing themselves <laughs> were you guys talking about anyone specific or
1: yeah, we we we, listen, we talk, I talked a bit about the side-by-side show and how ultimately it was good, but I was underwhelmed. And I was like, you know what? If they don't play again, it's fine. But if they play again, I don't have an interest in going to see it. Like, I just feel like, um, I don't know. Again, reunions are fine. Let people have fun. Let younger people who miss things see things. But for me personally, I, I think... If I've seen it once and it didn't knock my socks off, I am good for the rest of my life because I remember it when it did knock my socks off. Jeff, you know.
2: Sure. Uh, um, being in a band that gets asked to reunite—I mean, I get like uh, a message on a monthly, some used to be weekly basis—is ISIS ever going to get back together? Yeah. And the answer is always no. Mm, interesting. Uh, so I kind of agree with your point, although I've seen some really good reunions this year alone. I saw Botch. And uh, I love them back in the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even now that they're all pushing 50, they still put on a great show and sounded better than they've ever sounded. Mm -hmm. But I have seen some reunions that have just been sad and have gone on way too long. Like Remember when the Pixies got back together and then five years later, the Pixies are still like not putting on a new record, but still touring, playing the same set. Mm Yeah, I don't want to see that.
0: I, that's how I feel too, man. I mean, I, I didn't name any names last week. There was a specific band that I loved in the 90s that, like, it's just, you're just doing really, really just pushing it too hard, man, too far. It's been years. It's like, all right, guys, you guys weren't doing anything for like 20 years, and now suddenly you're out there playing shows regularly with the same set over and over and over again.
2: And it's like, I, I had to, you got to be, I stopped. know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: I you, think, you, think I do too. You got to stop. Yeah. Cut it out. Cut it out now, you know?
1: And of course, you guys, uh, you know, metal fan listeners, I'm sure you've heard and you two have heard that um, Dillinger Escape Plan is back with uh, original singer uh, Dimitri. And again, I think that's a case of, okay, they broke up in in 2017, made a big deal out of it. They were at the height of their fame. I mean, they were like on fire back then. But then now they're coming back with the singer who probably a lot of fans never even got to see ever actually. So that's kind of cool. What do you think about that? Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, D- Dimitri was a friend of mine. We uh, ISIS toured with Dillinger back when Dimitri was was in the band. I love yeah. that guy. Mm. Props to him. I honestly thought Dillinger, that breakup was three years ago. I, I didn't realize it's been that long.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. Uh, hey, man, if there's interest, good Good for them. Good for them.
1: Yeah. You know, fuck it, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, there obviously is an interest. Three shows.
1: Yeah, the, the shows have sold out, and it's you know, um, that
2: will be a tour. I guarantee it.
1: Mm, not a one. Yeah. No. Yeah,
2: no. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, oh, you want to hear what I say about it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> but a little bit, little bit, just a um, tiny bit. Tiny bit. I think it's
0: just part of a business plan that was put together when, when they
2: broke up, honestly.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
2: Mm. You know what? That That's not really too, I'm not saying them specifically, but I remember doing interviews when ISIS broke up and we still had a whole tour left to do. And the interviewers were like, so what do you, you know, like reunion, you know, you think you guys would get back together. I'm like, we haven't even really broken up yet. Like, still got some shows to play. Um, But yeah, reunions, you know, it's not a guaranteed thing, you know? Like sometimes you don't get to see the band you loved as a kid, you know? And I just think people won't accept that now because everyone has gotten back together.
0: Yeah, my speculation on that is that it was all part of a plan, even this reunion, honestly. Mm -hmm. And even having Dimitri come back into the band, you know. That's my cynical, my cynical opinion about it, just having spent a little bit of time around some of those dudes. Yeah, uh, uh not as much as
2: you, Jeff, but I mean, you know, this is my 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 reflection on it. I got you, man. Hey, man. Um I thought Dimitri did do the last couple shows with them. Like, didn't he get on stage and play with them? I don't know.
1: I can't remember. Yeah. Can't I remember.
2: never
0: I never used to go see those guys play, so I don't know.
1: Hmm. Well, uh, you know, listeners, this is what happens when you have three musicians doing a horror podcast. You get a musical interlude that I hope uh, you all enjoyed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> amazing mm. any records you guys want to talk about before we get into to, to so, movies i or... want to talk
0: about actually that i saw that is like i'm I'm ashamed to admit that i've never seen this movie and it came out in 1995 mm. it's not a horror film in a, in a sense it is a horror film but not a part of the horror genre and uh it's a film that paul, paul verhoven directed okay about mm-hmm. 1995 and it's the a, a study in just like sublime cringiness, and this is of course the movie I'm talking about is Showgirls.
1: Oh wow! You never saw it before?
0: No, sir, never. Not until Friday night of this week did I wow. see it.
1: It's it's pretty great. I've always liked it, and I've always got shit for liking it, but now it's cooler, to, a little cooler now to like it. Definitely, I loved it. I
0: think, I think uh, king and trash cinema. It never even I never even thought about watching that movie. Honestly, and then like in the Friday afternoon. Tina, my girlfriend, texted me, and she's like, "Have you ever seen Showgirls?" And I'm like, uh, "Negative on that." Uh, so she's never seen it either. She's like, "I started watching it, but you have to watch it with me tonight." So I'm gonna start it over again when you come home. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. "Okay." So we watched it Friday night, and I was like, like, blown away by um, a couple things, just like how bad of a film it was, like on the surface, right? You know, but I know Paul Verhoeven is, like, big on um, social commentary and sort of, um, you know, the irony. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, some of the most, like, uncomfortable, cringy dialogue that almost doesn't even work. Uh, scenes, like, sexual scenes, extreme nudity, NC-17 yeah. style nudity. Yeah. Right? But not sexy at all. You know what I'm trying to say? like awkward yep. and weird and just like you know tons of naked women you know no no dick though honestly just just naked women no no peen huh. mid 90s
1: right?
0: um Yeah. <laughs> the 90s you know no one wanted to see dicks back then i guess uh, yeah. Yeah. so so all all naked women no peen and uh and just really not sexy sex scenes and I have to think that there's some kind of a statement being made by Paul Verhoeven, and of uh, maybe with um, you know money and the United States and sex and the detachment of like feeling and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, I think that the movie's trashy, but deeper there's like some underlying subtext going on with that movie. That's my opinion.
2: I think you're probably right. Paul Verhoeven's stuffs not into everything from you know RoboCop to uh Starship Troopers you know like uh, a movie that's smarter than people give it credit for. Yeah, I haven't seen Showgirls in a long long time so I can't really say for sure but I remember thinking it was pretty fucking bad.
1: Honestly, and, uh, for me it's it's it just it's uh, a very very hot Elizabeth Berkeley and a very hot Gina Goshen, and mm-hmm. it's it's wild it's r- like ridiculous um trashy and f- It's just fun for me. I don't know. I just think it's a fun movie and a wild movie and irreverent. And I don't focus on the acting. I don't focus on the message, although there's probably definitely a message somewhere. Um, It's just like a wild mid nineties ride at this point that uh, again, it's, it is a bit of love or hate movie, a bit, you know, of a love, hate kind of thing, but I've always dug it. I saw it in the theater actually on a date. So there you go. Hey,
2: it's better than Hollow Man too. another Paul Verhoeven movie from the
0: 90s. (laughs) Yeah, I'm intrigued. I might watch it again. And I I, I think I'm going to do like a a Everything Went Black episode on the film. Maybe just on, maybe even, I mean, I know no one, probably most people don't want to hear it, so I might just just do it on on the Patreon channel and um, talk about it, you know, and give my reflections on it after watching it again. Because I'm intrigued by it, especially knowing that Paul Verhoeven you know being a fan of his other material and knowing that you know especially starship troopers which is like a film Mm. that a lot of people just watched and enjoyed that on the surface you know because it is an entertaining film but Mm -hmm. there's a a heavy message in there about like you know fascism and like right-wing ideologies and things like that and i'm just interested to see what what uh you know what i take away from it the second viewing um the, i have to say the sickest character in in showgirls is that andrew carver guy the the, the singer do you remember him yes. I, I don't all right now let me ask you a question and i think i, I don't know if i'm right about this isn't andrew who is it andrew whos the the racist guy on howard stern that what he would have every now and then that was like wake oh, up a uh, people
1: carver uh not andrew carver um, it's not andrew
0: carver uh, right it's a different name uh
1: Harvard. I can't think of his first name.
0: That would be great if it was the same name.
1: Oh my god! I don't know. It's not Andrew. Definitely not Andrew.
0: You know what I'm talking about, though, right? The guy no, who's I like black exactly people.
1: Yeah, KKK guy. I just yeah. can't think of his first. I can't think of his first name. I'd have to look it up. Like I literally. All right. have to look it up.
0: Anyway that that's my my latest uh, watch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah.
2: nice.
1: Nice holiday film it's nice, yeah, nice
2: holiday film Yeah, you know. i'm um, for writing this down to rewatch that now yeah <laughs> thanks no, mike
0: go, yeah see definitely check it out I'm so now of course, we have uh we got the necrophone and we got one caller this week if you want to call us and wish us uh you know merry christmas or happy holidays or happy new years hit us up at 908-913-0782 908-913-0782 And this week, we got one caller. Um, We got Dave over at Razor Eater Metal, who I follow on Instagram. So give him a follow. And uh, definitely a friend of the show, uh, a friend of the horseman. And uh, this is Dave.
3: Hey, what's up, Necromaniacs? It's uh, your buddy Dave over at Razor Eater Metal on Instagram. Just wanted to check in because I haven't called in in a little bit. Um, Finally got around to watching some newer stuff. Uh, The other night checked out the 2022 film called Sisu, S-I-S-U. I I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, But maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, That one's horror adjacent. Um, It runs like kind of Inglorious Bastards. Basically, this dude um, strikes some gold and uh, he takes a journey as uh, the war is going on and uh, runs into some Nazis along the way. And, uh, basically our main guy is, uh, killing Nazis. So, I mean, you know, what better thing than that, uh, for, uh, for a great, uh, watching experience, you know. Um, really good effects, good storyline. I enjoyed that. Um, last night ended up checking out two films in a row. Uh, finally got around to watching when evil lurks. Finally a good movie this year where I'm not going, yeah, it was okay, or anything like that. Like, that one was awesome. And uh, that made me go back and listen to the full episode that you guys did on that film, because uh, I skipped it, um, most of it, because I didn't want any spoilers. And I'm glad I did, because some of those shots in that movie caught me by uh, by surprise and genuinely terrified me, i got to say. But excellent film. And, uh, also watched the movie Malum. M-A-L-U-M. Uh, it's a police, uh, supernatural, cult, involved, um, horror, gore, splatterfest. Uh, but it, I thought it was really well done. I really enjoyed the visuals and the makeup. Um, not sure if you guys have checked that out yet, but it might be something you can squeeze in before the end of the year comes up. But, uh, yeah, guys. Just wanted to uh, check in. If I don't call back again, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All the best. Keep doing what you're doing. Cheers. Bye.
0: Thank you very much for the call, Dave. Really appreciate it. Um, are you guys familiar with that Sifu? Uh, not uh, you know film at all. Sisu.
1: Uh Sism. I'm very familiar with it. It's it's a movie I wanted to squeeze in for this uh, year end, but I did not. Uh, John uh, Draper loved it. And a couple of other friends of mine loved it. So I want to see it.
2: Yeah. 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 Same. Everyone I talked to loved it. And I just, it just, uh, just missed it. I remember we saw the trailer when, uh, I forget what we went to see in the theater, but we saw the trailer, my girlfriend said, so I would definitely want to see that. And then just watching YouTube the other day, a trailer came out I'm like, oh yeah, we got to see that. And we never did. Uh, I don't know why. And um, of course, uh, you know,
0: when evil lurks is, uh, you know, that's something that's probably going to come up later in this episode and we've Mm -hmm. seen that um now what about malum i've seen that film actually have any of you guys seen
2: that i want to see because i'm very like i mean i saw the original film um last shift and the director remade his own film and last shift is a streaming era horror movie which i'm like we are now in the era of stream stream like remakes of something that was streaming like like, so it's literally 10 years old. Uh, I didn't see it yet, but I, I just found the whole idea interesting because uh, I've liked Last Shift quite a bit, although I thought it fell apart a little bit. Like, you know, uh, the third act. And uh, I'm curious as if they fixed any of the problems. But, uh, I mean, it's not a movie I was dying, you know, like I hope they remake this. Uh, strange, just very strange. You said you saw it? yeah yeah i
0: did i i I actually wouldn't would like to maybe cover this at some point because um okay it'd be interesting to discuss this because i i also saw the last shift when i think it was on like netflix or something like that yeah
2: it was netflix yeah yeah like years like maybe
0: 10 years ago i saw it and uh really enjoyed like similar to you the third the third act i thought was like not as strong as the first two And uh, Mm -hmm. the first two really created an atmosphere of like, just like paranoia and boredom and creepiness, all this, you know, great things. Um, The story is interesting. The story is very intriguing, very good. uh, Well-written. I think Um, that's why I'm like, why mess around with that? Because really the original, I thought pretty much did the whole thing perfectly. Um, Mm -hmm. Malum right away. I like was like, have to see this because i enjoyed the original so much i gotta say i didn't enjoy malum as much and if i had maybe just seen malum on its own without watching the first version of it the first original of it i probably would have liked it better because you know it's a little bit more money bigger budget there was like better gore effects things like that but i prefer the last shift over malum
2: Mm. Mm, right on i'm definitely gonna check that out yeah we should definitely talk about it uh, Mike Scandalo, thoughts?
1: Uh, have not seen either film, but they're kind of on like a mental shortlist for me. Um, but uh, they sound cool as hell.
0: Yeah, no, definitely watch both of them for sure. I mean, I, I'm not saying Malin was bad, just that I prefer these. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> all right, so this brings us to what we're all here for today: is yes. our top six, six, six horror films of 2023 not a not a not a landmark year for horror films but there was still some good stuff that came out
1: absolutely 100% agree
0: yeah Yeah. all right so how we want to run this who wants to start off all that kind of Um, stuff
1: I will kick it off with my number six which may be a bit of a surprise uh listeners full disclosure uh we are unaware of each other's lists correct guys
2: that's right. Correct. We
1: haven't seen any of this. Which is our our usual uh you know, that's how we usually like to do it. Makes it a little more interesting that way. So yeah, my number 6 is the American French horror thriller directed by Frank Calhoun, Night of the Hunted. Guys, uh I really like this movie. It is currently streaming on Shutter. Um Perfect? No, but I enjoyed the 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 very kind of like open-ended ending of this film and all the tension and all the intensity and you know some some claustrophobia there i i think i i i like a good sniper movie guys is what it is and, and oh, we this a sniper movie. movie here and uh i this was like i was glued to this movie i enjoyed the shit out of it
0: I haven't seen it actually. I know that you were keen to to talk about this on the show, but we never got around to it. So I, I would be interested in checking it out and hit, maybe hitting it next year.
1: Mm. Yeah, uh I think I would say definitely some of our listeners might have peeped this by now. Um not a huge huge buzz, but I know everyone who who did see it like I you know look on like you know Facebook and Instagram really enjoyed it. Um Alexandra Ajah is a producer and it it mm. got his little bit of his stamp on it there i would say for sure uh it, it's like a french american uh you know, oh, man yeah. dude i
0: had no idea he did that so that's i would oh man i would have uh put that higher on my uh to watch list if i know Aja did it
1: yeah so it dropped uh october 5th 2023 on shutter 94 minutes long uh highly recommended kids it is my it is my number six of 2023
2: uh isn't this the guy like I know Ajah produced? Is this the guy that directed the Maniac remake?
1: Yes. That.
0: Ah, yeah. Yeah. Maniac remake was awesome I thought. I really enjoyed It was that. fantastic.
2: I loved it.
1: Yeah, it's it's got that that vibe, you know. Um he he also has a hand in uh, P2 which was the Ajah again like that that American you know, parking lot kind of flick that I feel like I saw, but I don't remember any of it. So I'd like to kind of see it again. Uh, and he did a movie called Oxygen in 2021 as well. Yeah, that P2 movie is from 2007, which is like the, you know, right around the the the, the French explosion there here in America. Mm. But um, yeah, guys, check it. Check it out. Awesome.
2: All right, I guess I so I'll
1: kill? go.
0: All right. Yeah. My, my number six movie was Thanksgiving by Eli Roth. How do you like that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am not a big fan of most of his films. I think Eli Roth, the man is fucking cool as hell. I like watching him on documentaries and hearing interviews with him. And I've, I've had some inside knowledge about him, not my personal personally, but people who've interacted with him in a, uh, in a press way uh say that he's a really cool guy and you know just like a good dude in general but mm-hmm. i just don't like most of his material but thanksgiving i love it i thought it was a great film yeah, fun yeah. it's it also in, introducing us to um a possible new slasher icon you know john carver yes. oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. um who is a real guy and i think we talked about that on the episode and uh yeah, really looking and, and I just saw, I mean, I know when our episode came out, we were speculating that there'd be remakes. And then I think I think the day before that episode went up, he was on Instagram talking about how they he just got funded for the for a second uh Thanksgiving yeah. film. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. definitely coming twenty twenty five. Um and I bet there'll be a little bit of a bigger budget because the movie made a lot of money. And so yeah, looking forward to uh, Thanksgiving too, man. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've been
2: listening to Eli Roth on the podcast Circuit and uh seems like a very I mean the guy is an encyclopedia of, of knowledge uh, of film. He's very very uh has a huge film IQ as they say. Uh he totally nailed it with this movie. He, like I was listening to him explain it. He's like this is sort of like I'm picturing it as a remake to the an 80s movie that never came out. You know, like the trailer is is yeah. for a movie that never came out and this is the reboot and uh he totally nailed it man. I I loved this movie too uh and I don't really like Eli Roth's other films. I think uh the last one he made that really worked for me was uh his first one. Um Cabin Fever? Cabin Fever, yeah. Knock Knock was half of it was good. Uh the other half not so much, but uh this was a big surprise. I'm a huge Tim Dillon fan, so it was really good yeah, to see oh him.
1: Man, that Tim Dillon cameo was was golden.
2: It was yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, if you spend any time in Massachusetts, uh, I, I love the way everyone nails the accent. There just some people go a little comical with it, but man, it's it's so spot on. I, I liked it a lot. man. a good pick. What about you, Jeff? Oh, I guess it's my turn. Okay, this is something I just watched the other day. You know, for the longest time, I had a TV show in my top six, and I didn't feel good about it.
1: Hmm.
2: So I was like, I got to catch some more stuff. Like I said, um, I hadn't really been in a horror mood the last two weeks. Uh, and this movie particularly really disturbed me. It's uh, Birth Rebirth. Uh-huh.
1: Yep. Bang
2: by uh, – I'm sorry. I scribbled the name so I didn't get it down. Uh, Look, Lauren Mass – directed yeah. uh anyone familiar with their other
1: work or is this a first time film oh it's her first movie actually it's her debut and it's it's a bad banger yeah
2: my god i found this movie to be uh very upsetting and disturbing mm. and it really really got under my skin it's like the reanimator uh you know a bit of frankenstein there's just, there's a lot going on and yeah it feels totally believable too.
1: yes, it it definitely has Yeah, I see what you're saying there. Um, for the listeners, uh, you could also argue it's it's a, it's a modernish take on Frankenstein as well. Um, yeah, it's got the Cronenberg thing, but it's also got the the Frankenstein tale, so to speak. Uh, you've got a uh, a hospital nurse, and then like a hospital. Uh, what would you call the uh, the the doctor who's not a doctor? She's like a more technician, you could say. Yeah. Um. And uh, two f- fantastic actresses, uh, Matt mm-hmm. and Judy Reyes, who really like, like, trying to put put into proper words, it's believable. Yes, that's probably the best the best word to use. It's like a very believable movie almost, although it's very fantastical as well. Uh, sure. But uh, yeah, I loved it. You're gonna you're gonna see this uh, mentioned again.
2: I had a feeling. Uh, also wanted to give a shout out to the movie Proxy, which it kind of reminded me of. Mike uh, Hill and I covered Proxy uh, back when I was new to the podcast. Uh, Mike Hill, you weren't as hot on it as I was. But it kind of gave me like those vibes, just very unsettling, creepy, like, you know. Uh, it, it They did it in a way where it felt like, like I said, believable. Like, this could really happen. <laughs> Obviously, it can't, but... Uh, and you know, I saw a time in my life when uh I don't know, man, like like if something's disturbing you in your real life and you watch a movie that's disturbs you, it, it it's different. And this this really got to me. I liked it a lot. I can't wait to see what else uh, this director does. R-
1: really? Yeah, I really I, enjoyed this I, one I, I, too. I, oh, sorry, Mike. Sorry. Yeah, this me. this uh I think
0: our, our quality control manager, Rennie, uh recommended this one to everyone, or to me, or at least to me he did. So you know, I usually put his recommendations at the top, and yeah, I love this film. I thought it was great. Um, really looking forward it, and and it's it's that thing that I dig where it's like really based on acting and atmosphere <laughs> and like yeah. two people just to get it's like a small cast and like mostly dialogue. You know, just very
2: very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also watched that on the recommendation. Um, I think he mentioned it on our Instagram page, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I do need to watch that." So, thank you for that.
1: What's What's funny is that okay, the movie takes place in the Bronx, and I was dead convinced that none of this was shot in the Bronx, but I'm completely wrong. It was shot in Co-op City area of the Bronx oh. and in New Jersey. So, how about that? I thought it was oh. Canada.
2: <laughs> my, uh, my,
0: aunt, my aunt used to live. My aunt used to live in Co-op City, so I'm familiar. Oh, right with on.
1: Very cool. All right. Um, I guess that brings it to my number five, which is lo and behold, kids, it is Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, a lot of fun at the movie theater with this one. Um, I am probably the biggest fan of Eli Roth of the three of us, which is no secret. Uh, it goes back to the story I told when I met him at a chiller 20 years ago, and he was just a guy who put out his first movie, walking around just talking to random horror fans and Giving out signed posters, which I still have mine. Um, you know, yeah, I I think it was kind of just what horror needed. I think at, towards the end of the year, when I think the better stuff was happening, uh, and you know, it it brought some some butts to the seats, and it you know made all of its money back very fast. And I am you know excited to see what he does with part two. That's my number five Thanksgiving
0: all right all right so my number five is also birth rebirth Mm, okay yeah so we you know we covered that we talked about it once again it's like exactly the type of film i like um which this is like a kind of like a mainstay with shutter where they're they're smaller films um almost feels like it could take place like for real like in the actual world Mm -hmm. it has a certain gradient grittiness to it and it relies mostly on acting and dialogue is like i love movies like that you know and there's some definitely some special effects i just thought it was an excellent all-around movie so no surprise there my number
2: five is birth rebirth
1: cool
2: all right that that brings us to my number five and guys i had a feeling this was going to happen we're going to end up talking about the same films my number five is thanksgiving all right <laughs> uh and then i i loved it uh are people pointing out how funny that this movie is really funny too yeah and i i love the opening shot of this movie how it just plays uh, pays homage to halloween yes. uh, right off the, the bat started. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah i i loved it from that moment on i was hooked i mean you've seen so many like scream who done it kind of movies but th- this one did it right it understood what it was it's very funny it's, it's self-referential and uh but man, it, it was it was a horror movie I needed to watch at the right time. Uh, loved it. And finally, really uh, happy to have an Eli Roth film that I love. I
0: actually, saw this on Thanksgiving.
2: The movie. Today. Yes. Oh, nice. Out.
1: All righty. Uh, moving right along, my number four is the first of two January twenty twenty three films. And this one is Brandon Cronenberg's *Infinity Pool*, which, man, am I glad I got to see this movie uh, within the last couple of weeks. Um, I love *Possessor*, but I think I liked this movie even more. Oh, um, really? Like disturbing and and interesting, and had something to say. And you know, I, I'm sorry, I Mia Goth is. I'm kind of you know crushing obviously uh mm-hmm. if it wasn't crushing already this movie pushed the crush over the edge um <laughs> she is a she's a tour de force to use uh an antiquated term but um yeah man this this is a good movie uh the the cronenberg stamp is there the, the family wackiness is there let's just mm-hmm. say to, put it, to put it mildly uh alexander skarsgård probably one of my favorite modern actors like if he's in something it's chances are i'll watch it honestly um and uh cleopatra coleman i've never heard of her before but she's another drop dead gorgeous stunning actress um yeah man uh very creepy interesting movie a bit of a take on marriage take on class of course and a take on violence so yeah loved infinity pool guys
2: Yeah, I love that the movie involves cloning and you didn't even mention that when talking about the movie. Like that's how fascinating this movie is. Like the cloning is like, oh yeah, like that that's in there too. You're right. Um, I
1: did not mention cloning. Isn't that hilarious?
2: Yeah. Because I remember texting with a friend, like, do you think he was a clone at the end? And I texted back, I was like, I don't think it matters.
1: (laughs) I don't think that the movie really
2: cared about that at all.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's just a movie that like you, you kind of won't ever forget, you know. Which again, that a lot of the Cronenberg movies, Father and Son, have that quality. They they kind of they kind of just gonna stay with you forever, probably.
2: Absolutely. So,
1: yeah, man, love this one.
0: So you know this, this is bound to happen. Uh, <laughs> my number four is also Infinity Pool by Brandon Cronenberg, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I have very 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 specific, clear memories of watching this movie because it was like, I remember being cold out and going through some hard times in my life at the time I saw this movie, going through some very uh, very intense, emotional things. And I remember watching this on one of my Friday night, uh, Menlo Park AMC excursions late at night and uh, by myself, basically, in this movie theater. There was like maybe two people there and uh, just really sinking into this whole film. Just like... All the all the emotional stuff that was going on in the film, and the craziness, and the chaos, and oh yeah, the cloning. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> very very great movie. Uh, Kron- Brandon Cronenberg just seems to be getting better and better with each film that he does. More and more into moving into his own style and his own sort of uh, you know philosophy, and and similar to his father. You know they're very distinct, different, but very much unique filmmakers
2: absolutely my number four is also infinity pool guys Stop. <laughs> Stop it. i'm dead that's serious awesome. man uh love it although i will say i didn't love it as much as possessor but that's not a knock against uh, the director i mean possessor was i mean we're talking like top 15 of all time for that movie hey it's just amazing and this is great, and I do like like you guys mentioned like he's moving in a little bit away from that sort of homage to his father that that gets thrown around a lot when he talk about his films. I think it's always gonna be there, obviously, but this felt a little less uh less so like it it felt more assured, more of his own voice and um love this movie uh funny enough uh talking to people uh, about it a lot of people really. Hated this movie, hmm. uh, which you know. Hey, okay, I, I, oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I obviously feel different. Uh, but it is sort of somewhat of a divisive movie. Uh, I'm, I'm reading out there, and just from people I talk to, I remember my friend saw it in the theater, and she said, "It's the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my life." Now that's that's an little, exact quote. I, yeah, that's a little hyperbolic, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah yeah I guess yeah maybe she hasn't seen much I don't know, but uh you know this is not uh, like a popcorn movie to uh just casually watch if you're just sort of a no. casual horror fan or whatever you put this on you're gonna be upset i get I get that
1: true true and going back to that ending spoiler alert um part of me thinks yes he it might have been the clone, but if the clones are the same thing thoughts and the same feelings and the same everything Mm. kind of didn't matter but at least it showed that the clone had remorse and empathy and like what the fuck did i just do this so right yeah
2: interesting i i really need to watch it again it's uh i haven't watched it since we covered it way back when well not way back when like eight months ago or something Mm uh yeah very interesting movie funny we all had it at the same number too yeah that's yes. no, interesting man yeah very interesting does it bring
1: it to my number three three my number three shocking surprise is birth rebirth um, oh okay yeah i i almost had a bit of a flip-flop with infinity pool and birth rebirth but ultimately birth rebirth landed at three um disturbing uh exciting interesting movie um although it's got the frankenstein nod and a little bit of like a reanimatory kind of nod i think it's like an original voice at the same time too and it's a first fucking film i mean you can't find a better first horror film here in my opinion i mean you know it's it's very impressive and uh yeah I, i look forward to seeing what happens next from uh what do you call it, director Laura Moss for sure. Uh absolutely recommend for birth rebirth folks from all of us.
2: All three. That's great. Yeah. So my number
0: three is this is where I think with the top these we might depart a little bit on these top last few, but um mm, interesting. My, my number my number three is Any Ennis Main by uh Jenkins. Yeah. Mm. which um I saw this in the movie theater on uh on Easter Sunday. Uh, in the morning and, um, incredible. It was just like this immersive experience and I've since purchased the Blu-ray. I still have no idea what the movie's about. Um, (laughs) but I keep watching it over and over and over again. And it's one of these things where you just pick up different aspects to it. And, um, it's like a David Lynch film exponentially more abstract with almost no dialogue and just images
1: Mm. Now,
0: a, listen, a, a listener mentioned this to us, didn't they? Uh, uh someone, someone mentioned this, and and I'm like, Yeah, yeah, totally, man. We're gonna, I'll, I'm gonna talk about it a little bit. I'd love to talk about it as a proper episode, too.
1: And sure. I think Rennie, Rennie, it's a, a quality control uh, manager. Rennie also mentioned it. That's how I think I first heard that name, and I think I watched the trailer. It's a movie I really wanted to squeeze in that I didn't yeah. squeeze in. Same. Um, you know, and I'm going to fix that over the holiday break. I have like about 11 days off coming up. Nice. And um now it's folk horror, quote unquote, but meaning what exactly? Real brief. I, right?
0: You know, it, it's it's a reach to call it that, really. I mean, it's like oh. a word, you know, it's like a name that people like to throw around. Like, you know, like people say, like post-hardcore and bullshit like that. Yeah, and it means it it's pride. like folk no. horror has become like the post-hardcore moniker for horror film.
1: Agree, so, agree
0: yeah so it's like there isn't i wouldn't say i would not say it's a folk horror film i would just say it's a i would say it's a weird tale i would mm-hmm. say it's a a, a we, more of a weird tale with almost like a lovecraftian sort of vibe to it um it takes place in some remote cornish island you know okay, okay. um and i'll just leave it at that you know there's like awesome. maybe two two characters in it it's wow. very very long very slow you know real real um you know kind of atmospheric it's all atmosphere really mm. but yeah watch it it's shot really well um i heard about this on the the evolution of horror podcast they had the film um. guest and um you know they're all brits over there so um you know it probably made a little bit more of a splash in the uk than it did in the states when it came out but um I yeah know, i dug a
1: question on that is it scary
0: I would not say it's scary, but there's a a, a a sense of dread throughout the whole thing. And that's why I classify it more as a weird tale than as a folk horror.
1: Awesome.
2: Hmm. All right. I guess that's my number three. And now we are sort of departing here a bit. Um, my number three came out earlier in the year. It is "Bo is Afraid by Ari Aster. Ah. Did either of you guys check this out?
1: No. No. Oh. Nope.
2: Very divisive movie. Um, I mean, it's my least favorite of his three films so far, but I obviously still really liked it quite a bit. Bit of a departure for him. This is not exactly a straightforward, straightforward horror movie. It's sort of more of a very, very dark comedy. It's a bit of an odyssey, journey, road movie. It is three hours long. It is very weird. Um, I'm really glad that someone was willing to uh, put up the money for Ari Aster to make this. Uh, and I have to say, most people really seem to hate this film. And it does fly off the rails and go into a lot of different directions. But man, was it! I was just fascinated with it the entire time. Three hours long. I was never bored. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, I will watch him. You know, drink coffee. He's he's that interesting of a of an actor, and him with Ari Aster sensibilities was was just such a great combination. Um, man, I I liked this movie a lot. Yeah, I uh, I haven't seen it. I know you and I were were
0: discussing possibly doing an episode on this, which you know yeah. I, I'm down for that. I think it's streaming now somewhere,
2: right? I, I would imagine so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, 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 another one that didn't make the cut, along with Ines Main, um, main a, a movie I'll be mispronouncing for the rest of my life. Um, I love the two prior Ari Aster films, uh, obviously, but I know this one is, is quite a departure and that most people did not like it, but mm. I still really want to see it.
2: Yeah, there is a penis monster in the movie, too. So.
1: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, uh, very that noticed. should sell you yeah
0: you know, it's nice to have a good penis monster in a movie definitely yeah don't see that a lot
1: going back to mike's uh comment about the lack of penis in showgirls yeah
2: yeah hey there you go this makes up for it
1: Ex- excellent see we're progressing as a society indeed um, <laughs> <laughs> okay folks getting down to the nitty-gritty the top two and i'll be damned if, if uh if those uh, you know if the listeners haven't figured out what these are gonna be yet um, yeah my number two is when evil lurks oh okay yeah two okay yeah, that's my number two um yeah unforgettable film uh my my you know the first thing I've seen from director <laughs> Damien uh Rugna uh a name that I think we're gonna hear a lot about uh and I, I hope that really is the case. You know, like back in the day when they said that about Clive Barker, when Stephen King unleashed that quote, that was kind of the best, worst thing ever for him because he never really lived up to that quote. But I do think Damien Rugner is going to live up to these quotes about uh, him and this wonderful film. Uh, the movie has been covered right here on Necromaniacs. Of course, we sang its praises. I have not seen a single negative comment about this movie on Instagram, Facebook, pretty much anywhere. Pretty much everyone who has seen it has been really into it, if that means anything, uh, which I think it does means something, when no one has a bad thing to say about a movie. Uh it is creepy, it is scary, it is thought provoking, and uh yeah, wonderful film when evil lurks.
2: Amazing, could not agree more. Mm-hmm. I'm just feeling gonna it's up. gonna come up again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna refrain from
0: my 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 little plug, my, my spiel about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: what's your it goes to mike hill i guess yeah all
0: right now most people are going to call bullshit on this but fuck you i don't care this is (laughs) this is my this is our show so like this is my opinion uh you know hit i'm a hipster i guess uh skinnamarink is my number two
1: Mm, Excellent. there you go the
0: the die is cast um Kyle Edward Ball, you know, he's a guy that comes out of that whole analog horror thing, which I'm also a big fan of, that whole um subgenre of YouTube uh, you know, show movies or series, if you will. You know, some of the stuff that's I would say check out in that genre is a Mandela catalog and uh Gemini Home Entertainment. These are very creepy atmospheric, not sure what's going on, type of films, you know, and that's Skin though I, I I I've watched it a bunch of times over the since I saw it in the theater and I think that I saw it in that immersive experience in the theater and once again it was during the the Menlo Park AMC days of Chapter of My Life which I'm glad is over with at this point and I've yeah. moved past the lurking loneliness of that period and um but yeah I, I watched it by myself in an empty theater with like one other person who was passed out and uh, it really <laughs> really, really sunk its teeth into me to the point where I was I had like oh I didn't have nightmares, but I felt like I was in a nightmare world just because of the going from that theater, walking across an empty parking lot in an empty shopping mall to my car, wow. driving home and just sitting in darkness afterwards.
2: It just I couldn't get it out of my head. Yeah, Mike, you and I uh well all three of us discussed this, but I remember having a text exchange with you. Both of us, like after seeing, I was like, I don't know what I thought about it. Like it took a long time to sink in. I'll just go ahead and say, this is my number two as well. Mm, (laughs) And it was my number one for most of the year. Uh, Just reiterate everything Mike Hill just said, man. It's an immersive experience. You have to give yourself over to it to really have an effect on you. I made this comparison a lot. It's like Earth 2, the album Earth 2 from the band Earth, or like seeing Sun Live. You know, it's it's all about tone. That's what this movie really is about. If you're looking for jump scares, any sort of like cohesive plot, you know, uh, this isn't the movie for you. And another movie that's uh, extremely divisive, I think most people, outside of you guys, everyone else I recommended it to fucking absolutely hated it.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, which brings it to my number one movie of 2023, folks. <laughs> my number one horror film of 2023 is Kyle Edward Ball's Get oh, There you go, man. man. That's, That's my number one movie Dude. for several reasons. Um, okay. I haven't been able to shake it. You know, it's it's a movie that has pretty much stayed with me. From the one time I watched it, one time, um, are they in an alternate universe? Are they trapped in hell? Is it about child abuse? Is it about child abandonment? Is it about horrible parents? Is it about mental illness? According to the director, it's about whatever you want it to be about. And I think that's fucking great. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of people have made up their own narratives about this movie. They have made up They've made up their own minds about what they think it's about and things like that. Um, again, great concepts, great uh, idea for a fucking horror movie. Um, all that aside, visually, it is it is a hellish movie. It is a dark movie. Uh, if you have a terrible attention span, this movie is not for you. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't think this movie is for stupid people. I might get some hell for that. <laughs> um, I think I, I just don't, I, I I think it's for people who want an experience and are able to just concentrate and able to turn off the lights, put their phone away and just kind of get literally, I think, trapped in hell for a little while. Um, and if it's not really hell, it is in trapped in, in your fears in your childhood fears, uh, and things like that. Look, I'm not mm-hmm. allowed to want to be in hell not a lot of people want to be trapped in their childhood fears but that's what good horror can do um good horror is supposed to scare you also this movie is scary if uh if you're not at least scared by some of it i mean i don't know i don't know but um then friday the 13th part eight is for you i guess (laughs) But i just again it's a movie that i think will stand the test of time And I do think years from now will be appreciated a lot more and hated less. We all loved it here. We are in the minority, apparently. And that's fine. That's fine. But it is the best horror film of 2023. And believe it or not, a a website and magazine that doesn't hold much credence with me anymore Rolling Stone magazine listed it as their number one of 2023. So, Oh, interesting.
2: They got something right for a change.
1: Yes. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, so, um that's my skin of a rink spiel. <laughs>
2: amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 20 years from now, this is going to be like, a, a, like remember back in the day, movie theaters would show midnight movies and it would always be like Pink Floyd, The Wall, hmm. a Rocky Horror Picture Show. I can see this kind of becoming something like that. Like, yeah. Like, just a big, big cult following. And, yeah, it's a great movie. It was my number two, obviously. I'm sorry, Mike Hill, I cut you off. movie scared
0: me. It was for real. Like, in, in, in not even, like, a cool way. You know what I mean? Like, like it scared me in, like, this traumatic, um, borderline abusive way. Because it was touching mm-hmm. on all of this, like, emotional traumatic things that have happened over the course of my life. Where it's, like, it just touched on all those things and excited those horrible moments and coalescing them into this one experience. And it was really
2: just like a trip watching that movie.
0: Absolutely.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. So that brings Mike Hill, your number one, I already know what it is, but yeah.
0: My number one is uh, when evil lurks, man, it's, um, yeah. it's a great film, a powerful movie. Uh, once again, Damien Rugna is like the next guy, the next it director in horror. I think, I think that, you know, he has an incredible future. I love Terrified. This movie created a... It seems to me like the beginning of a whole new universe, really. I mean, there's these rules, you know, that, that he puts down on the table. The ending is sort of an open ending. Um, maybe this connects to Terrified somehow, you know? Um, mm. You know, it's a weird tale. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a cosmic horror film in some ways. It's... um it addresses uh like the whole possession thing and like this very pragmatic uh nuts and bolts like almost like a uh a, like a public health issue you know kind of thing yeah and it's uh, very anti-christian man it has like this whole like the church doesn't matter it's over our belief in the church is finished organized religion's over with and it's interesting man very very interesting and also i know that damian rugne is a black metal guy like he loves like satanic like metal so that's cool Really?
1: Awesome. That, I did not know. I did not oh yeah. Think he was metalhead. Interesting. Yeah, he was a metalhead. He's
2: a metalhead for sure. Wow. Well, that makes me like him even more. When evil lurks is my number one too. Um, yeah. For the longest time, it was Skin marink. Uh and then I saw this, and man, I mean, you know what I really like is the whole like they p- treat the whole possession thing as it's just a part of life. It's just there. There's no explanation for it really like oh yeah one of these things like a very interesting pre- like the first 15 minutes i felt like i was a little thrown off like i'm like did i miss something like it it just presents itself in such a unique way and the terror just builds and builds and builds and by the time that movie was over man i just i felt exhausted it, it was like i just watched um uncut gems uh like that that feeling you get when you watch that movie of just dread and anxiety and uh you know we talked a lot of shit about 2023 being a bad year and then they drop when evil lurks which i really believe this to be top 10 of all time maybe five yeah Yeah.
0: Hmm, definitely for sure for sure yeah and it's incredible i feel like that's almost like um like that technique of just dropping you in the middle of the story is almost like this, like I know, I know like almost like a European thing, you know, like in mm. films, like, um, you know, in the States here, you, you know, domestic films, they, they overexplain a lot of things, like even in horror films, but like, I think it's like an international thing where you're just kind of in the, in the middle of it, you know, cause I feel like terrified was similar to that too. Like even with, um, like his other film and, uh, oh and also the the bleakness of this whole thing too because like apparently all the possessions like broke out in the urban areas and you're oh we're going to go out to the country where we're safe and then this wave of just darkness is like enveloping the entire planet and you can't escape it and that's like this very paranoid bleak vibe in the whole film but this movie isn't without elements of of dark humor either there's some very oh, humorous yeah. scenes
2: in there too very funny as well um yeah yeah you're right man i think like if this is an american film there'd be like a title card like that comes up before the movie explaining everything like and this you know like uh, and this doesn't do that like you eventually find that your footing watching it but it, it does throw you off balance a little bit and i think that really added to my enjoyment of the movie
0: yeah there's a lot of unexplained stuff too like with that mechanism that they used, which never mm. even got you deployed properly you know yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so right. cool that's the best thing the movie like there's all this like questions without answers too you know and
1: mm-hmm.
0: i don't know i just i want more i want more of this world
1: me too i one of my yeah. biggest intrigues is the what the what that world was before this what this kind of new dark world like you know what i'm saying like what ha- like what exactly happened to to make it this godless world you know yeah like, was it always mm-hmm. this weird place or whatever but we'll see um i have a uh i have an honorable mention uh, okay um and then one great non-horror which may or may not be a surprise probably not a surprise but my my honorable mention is a, a good halloween horror movie that i missed at halloween time called cobweb did you guys see uh. cobweb
2: not I did yet. see it.
1: You did. What did you think? Yes, of was, Jeff.
2: Well, it is in my column of movies I didn't like. They uh, came out this year.
1: <laughs> I okay. I really enjoyed it till the very end. The very end was a bit of a hot mess, but I mm. liked the vibe. It, it was Stephen Kingish vibes for me, for sure. Know? Um, a, a cool ha- Halloween time horror watch for the most part. Um. Not a home run, but definitely pretty cool. First-time director Samuel Bowden uh, follows a young boy raised by these weirdo parents who hears noises coming from behind the wall in his room, and thus the fun ensues. Sure enough, Cleopatra Coleman from Infinity Pool is in this. Thought she looked a little familiar. Uh, ah, okay. Yes, yeah, she's the yeah, she's the teacher. Uh, so ah, yeah,
2: okay. Yeah, she's
1: kind of hard to miss. Um, now. I liked it. I, I it was a movie that I was like, oh, I, I wish, I wish I caught this around Halloween. It might have had a better vibe than at Christmas time. But yeah, sure. the end gets a bit wonky. But a movie that I think some listeners would enjoy. Uh, and then, of course, a probably potentially favorite non-horror movie of the year is The Killer. Actually, uh, I really yes. enjoyed The Killer. Um, I wish I'd gotten around to seeing Killers of the Flower Moon, and Ferrari, and Napoleon. But I have not seen any of those three movies. But I will hopefully remedy that and see a few of them uh, before the year is out.
2: The Killer is fantastic. And if it was more horror, it would probably be in my top three of the year. But, man, yeah, I loved that movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't think Cobweb was terrible. just didn't totally work for me. I think I gave it, like, you know, a C or C-plus or something. Mm -hmm. You know, like, not not a stinker. It's not – Exorcist Believer, which is also yeah. on the list of movies I did not like. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got a couple um, honorable mentions. Wanted to give a shout out to Fall of the House of the House of Usher, the TV show, yes. which I yeah. really, really, really loved. I know it's not a film, but mm-hmm. uh, Mike Flanagan is someone everyone loves and have always felt a little mixed about. And I haven't really liked his last or any of his Netflix shows. But I really liked this one a lot. I really had a great time watching it. Uh, another thing I have here, uh, Influencer. Really big surprise that came out this year mm. that I expected nothing from and uh, thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I think it's very much worth a watch. And I watched, I fudge a title, Where the Devil Roams as well, which I think is worth of a, worthy of a shout out. Oh, no. my kill i know you saw that yeah yeah definitely
0: i um uh, i mean i have a couple of mentions too if um i don't know if you're done with your mentions. yeah 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 yeah. yeah. all right the, where the devil roams is definitely almost made in on this list it's um, my 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 buddies over at the uh the adams family it's their new film that came out later the early like in the later part of this year yeah. and uh with each film i feel like these guys are going from strength to strength once again you know this this, um, I mean, I like all their movies. Um, you know, uh, the, deep, the deeper you dig is still probably my favorite of theirs. Um, mm-hmm. but this one is more of um, them coming into their own style and they've tried, they've expanded and moved forward in their craft in making this film. And yeah, right from the beginning, the opening of this film, I was like, wow, this is like some new shit. You know, this is like, and, and also, I gotta be honest, I don't think anyone makes films like them either. They have their own unique yeah. voice. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Definitely. It's a, it's, uh, this would be, if we were doing a top 10, this would probably be in my top 10. And uh, yeah, I think it's a great sure. film. They keep moving forward. It has its own sort of brooding, like vibe to it, which I really appreciated. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that's definitely something I can't wait for their next movie. And I'm sure they're working on something again because they are constantly working right now.
2: Very cool dynamic. I enjoyed your interview with them just earlier this year. uh, I enjoy any interview with them. It makes me want to like their movies when when I hear them talk about their craft. Uh, And uh, I like, yeah, it almost made my top six as well, but um, just not quite. This would be basically my number seven.
0: I have another, um, Andy Land, which is a movie that's under everyone's radar, man. And I thought it was pretty, pretty sick, like, movie. Uh, that might've made it in the top 10 actually. And, um, it's, uh, not a lot of people saw it, you know, no one really, it came and went, it was on, I think it was maybe streaming only. Um, you can rent it. I think it's playing somewhere, maybe on Tubi possibly, but it's, um, takes place in like a rest area and like, it looks like Utah or something like that. And it's about like basically lot lizards and, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, a term, I'm going to put this in the nineties because it's like, that's, that just that culture doesn't exist anymore out on the road. Um, and, uh, and also the, um, it's a slasher film. It has to do with, uh, like religious extremism. Um, there's a lot of nudity in it too, which, you know, yes. Oh, I got to see
1: this movie. I just read about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's good. It's definitely something to check out. I, I, uh, it on one of my runners runner sort of top mentions here
1: mm. okay i actually have one more honorable mention of uh, vhs 85 uh, i like it oh uh, uh, yeah top tenor definitely top tenor mm.
2: i liked it too of the uh, of the recent crop of vhs movies i liked that one the best for sure um is there anything that came out that you guys were hoping? You'd like, but didn't, or you know, anything like that. Anything like, uh, well, I, mean, I think we all felt the same way about Talk to Me.
1: Yes, I was just gonna say, I feel like we might be the only podcast that seems did, that way. I don't yeah. literally the only one that is not head over heels with Talk to Me.
2: Hmm. Don't get it, man. I don't get it at all. But I went into it wanting to love it, and I didn't and not a terrible movie we discussed this a lot uh, on our podcast about it but
1: yeah yeah
2: just nothing the only couple things that really stand out is like i didn't like to the point of anger was uh, evil dead rise and exorcist believer
1: <laughs> yeah exorcist more than evil dead rise evil dead rise is For more sure. fun uh than exorcist believer um but yeah two ultimately Letdowns that were supposed yeah. to be not letdowns. Uh Exorcist is ooh, bonker's bad. Not bonkers yeah.
2: Good. It's That's currently bad. my worst movie of the year.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Evil,
0: Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise was like the worst, man, in my opinion, because yeah. it's it's easier. It's it's hard to make another Exorcist expansion film, I think. That's a more sure. of a daunting task than making an Evil Dead film. Hmm. Evil Dead. How can you fuck it up? It's like all the elements of a great movie are there for you, and you just gotta stitch them together and do something cool with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like yet yeah, that they can it just is like a try-hard film. It's like someone who doesn't like horror felt like it made that movie. You know what I mean?
2: Mm. Yeah,
0: no, I got you.
1: LA setting Man. that is the that is the most unla setting in the history of film. Some big, <laughs> tremendous building where it's like rain it just it just seemed like it was like Chicago or yeah, I was gonna Gotham say City. more like Chicago like Gotham yeah. City like that was not yeah. it was very like I never I did not understand the setting about Yeah, that.
2: very weird to set that in LA. I'd forgotten about that too. You just mentioned it. Like I was like, "Oh yeah, that was supposed to be LA." And you know, I lived there for I don't know, 15 years and never saw anything that looked remotely like that. It's very aesthetically weird movie. Just did not like it at all. Wanted to I love uh, the the first three Evil Dead movies. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping for a nice return to form, and I I just don't know what the fuck this was. I uh, just not not for me. I mean, I'm not saying I want to see this,
0: but they should make da- they should have Damien Rugna make an e- an Evil Dead film. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: That's that's the guy who should make a movie like that, not whoever made Evil Dead
2: Rise. Well, I'm sure, like I always say, Hollywood is going to tap him to do something. I also wanted to point out my favorite uh, horror movie of last year is being remade by Blumhouse, Speak No Evil. I heard about that, that yeah. No,
1: after we covered or talked at length about it, because the three of us, I think, have talked about Speak No Evil, it was announced almost immediately that the remake was coming. I remember saying something about the remake. So it was almost an immediate announcement. Now, I don't know how the fuck... They're gonna Americanize and sanitize this movie. Maybe they're not gonna Americanize and sanitize this movie, but I have a feeling they are. They should just leave that movie alone. But we'll yeah,
2: Bloomhouse doesn't make downers like that. It kind of, you know, what I thought of when uh, I thought of uh, the vanishing—how bleak and and disturbing the uh, European version is, and how uh, like how the American uh, ending was like a happy ending. They completely switched the ending. And I, I see something similar to this happening, but uh, you know that movie kind of hinges. Like, I mean, it's a great movie, but that ending is a a punch to to the stomach, man. It, it's really upsetting. And uh, you take that out of the movie, I think it loses some of its power. So, hey, I I really hope they stick. Uh, they they stick to the original source material hmm. with that. Uh, I, I'm not against remakes at all. I think there's been some very Good uh, remakes out there, but this is this is perplexing uh, to me. Like I, I don't see an American audience is going for something that bleak.
0: Yeah, I mean, also, so much of the film hinges on being European too. Like the whole, like yeah. uh, you know, Scandinavian um, sort of uh, you know politeness and manners, mm-hmm. and all that. And the the other guy was Dutch, right?
2: So, I think so.
0: Yeah, so you know, and the Dutch are more libertine sort of types, you know, and right. That, I felt like that really was kind of like the conflict of the whole film was like the conflict between those two sort of Euro- European, like lifestyles. You know what I mean? Right. So to make this in the United States. Like
2: how the hell are they going to do that? Really? You know what I mean? I maybe the other family will be like Canadian or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a Canadian. I think
1: <laughs> the, the swap out could be a class thing. It could mm-hmm. be a poor, rich swap out.
2: We've seen so much of that class issues in movies lately. I'm a little annoyed by by people who spend millions and millions of dollars to tell you how, how, uh, about you know capitalism is terrible and things like that. I'm mean, like, it's true. Hey, I, I mean, I, I agree with the sentiment, but uh, you know, I've just we've seen it so much lately in 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 movies. Maybe it'll be a non non binary couple or
0: something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, maybe, maybe it'll
1: be like yeah. Or or they could do it as a uh, red state blue state switch. There's a bunch of switches they could do here, right? And but again, yeah. it it's ran into the ground too, in my opinion. But
2: I, I yeah I agree. All a lot of these the social commentary. If you're gonna do it, do it really really well because I feel like it's being beaten into the ground and not in a necessarily. Clever way. I know there's a mo- new movie coming out called uh, Civil War from a director I really like, um, yeah. whose name I fudged again. I can't. Alex Gardner, I think it is something like that. He made Ex Machina. He made Men. Uh, I saw the trailer and I was like, man, I don't know. Like, yeah. I really, I hope this is smarter than it seems.
1: It's like, or or they could do make, it the way that soft and quiet, <laughs>
0: the way that soft and quiet did it.
2: Mm. Which, soft and Quiet? Yeah, you ever, Have, you, have you ever,
0: any of you guys seen that
2: one? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, no, I did oh, see man.
1: that. I saw that. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. I see, yeah, I saw that.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, watch it, and then get back to a song. <laughs> All right, let me write that down, Soft and Quiet. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, perfect. Yeah. 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 I I so, yeah, I mean, hopefully anything else you guys are looking forward to next year? Like I said, I'm very curious about the Civil War movie, curious about the... This remake is there anything else coming out that you can think of that's like you can't wait for? I don't even know what's coming out next year, honestly.
0: <laughs> um, one... I'm trying to get through the rest of this year, man. The last yeah. few weeks of 2023, you know.
1: One omission for, for all of us that is apparently a wonderful film, and according to my brother, jumped into his top five or six is The New Godzilla
2: yeah mm okay and, uh, it's yeah to it out yeah
1: like really like harsh and like what you really want in a Godzilla movie uh finally realized uh, is apparently this new one um so it it's a movie I definitely want to see. I love you know any kind of monster movie, and then you know King kong Godzilla that whole thing all about it, oh, for next I'm... year, there's one movie I'm looking forward to is the new the new Planet of the Apes. I'm looking forward to that, it's oh like, okay, Planet of the Apes next year, so and there's a
2: new uh uh, um penguin series coming out from the uh matt reeves batman universe mike mike hill and i we covered the batman uh absolutely love that very curious about the expansion of that world and uh loves colin farrell as the penguin can't wait to see more of him yeah well happy holidays everyone merry
0: christmas uh happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa Mm -hmm. uh you know whatever um Happy New Year, like all that sort of stuff. Happy, yep. uh, you know, enjoy yourselves. And this is, uh, is going to be it for us for a week or so. And we'll see you in January of 2024. That's right. Cheers.
1: Thank you all. Take care, everyone. september of 2022
3: what get the fuck out of here
1: (laughs) oh a red flag has been thrown